The Old Testament lesson is Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come afar, and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, and it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now we rise to hear the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the second chapter, Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and he ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, 
And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When my children were youngsters, we would play a game in which I would say, come here, I have a secret to tell you. I play a version of that game with my two grandchildren as well. I say, come here, I have a secret to tell you. And my children, and yes, now my grandchildren would say, you don't have a secret to tell me. You just want to capture me. And I'd say, no, come here, I have a secret to tell you. And they'd say, no, we're not coming to you. you. We know what you're all about. And so then I would robotically or almost like uh, Frankenstein walk around in the house, go, come here, I have a secret to tell you, you know, that kind of thing. And they would run and they would squeal and they would be, you know, playing the game alongside of me. But this would go on for a while, and I'd keep saying, come here, I have a secret to tell you. And they would get, sometimes they'd get a little braver, and they'd come a little closer to me. And all of a sudden, I would lunge at them, and I'd grab them. I'd say, I've got you, and I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> and they would wiggle, and they'd squirm, and they'd try to pull themselves free, and they would realize that, no, they weren't going to get away from Dad or Papa. And so what would they do? They'd whisper in my ear, well, what secret are you going to tell us? And I, the secret is this, I'd say to them, I love you. And then I'd let them go. We've played that game over and over again, and it takes on various forms, and sometimes they do squiggle away and they never hear that secret, but that's the game I played and still continue to play. Come here. I have a secret to tell you. That's essentially what St. Paul is saying in our epistle lesson for today. But Paul, he's not playing a game. He has a secret to tell. A secret that was revealed to him by God. And it's a secret that is be revealed to all the people of this world. So go back to the epistle lesson. You have it printed in your bulletin. You can look at verse 6. For in verse 6... St. Paul tells us what the secret is. And the secret is this. He writes, the mystery, that is the secret, is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That's the secret. That's the mystery revealed. And you go, what? What's so significant about that? The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs members of the same body and partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus in the gospel. Well, this is quite frankly a very important secret to be revealed. For Paul's fellow Jews, this was a startling revelation. In fact, it was probably even galling to them to think that the Gentiles are also people of the covenant. For you see, for at least 2,000 years, 
since the time of Abraham, Abraham's descendants thought that they had a monopoly on what it was to be the people of God. That they were God's chosen people and all the other nations, they are not the people of God. But here, the Apostle Paul reveals the gracious heart of God. And just as God, in his undeserved favor, elected the people of Israel to be his chosen ones, to be his chosen people, so God, in his undeserved favor, now chooses Gentiles, all the nations of the world, to be his chosen ones. Yes, the Gentiles can be God's chosen sons and daughters, heirs to the eternal promises, recipients of the same mercy and forgiveness promised to Abraham and integral members of the body of Christ. In other words, the king of the Jews, Jesus, is also the king of all the nations of this world. The Savior born in Bethlehem is not only born into this world for the sake of those whose bloodline can be traced back to Abraham, but for all people who can trace their lineage all the way back to Adam and Eve. And that includes you and me. You see, whether we're Jew or Gentile, Spanish or Anglican, or Anglo, I mean, black or white, no matter our nationality or ethnicity, all believers in Jesus Christ are God's chosen people, co-heirs in the kingdom, co-members of the body of Christ, co-partners of God's covenant promises. St. Paul expresses this truth this way when he writes to the Galatian Christians. He says, for as many of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's nor, neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ, in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And so that's quite a remarkable secret that St. Paul now reveals to the people of his day and that he reveals to us that everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ is, is an heir to the promise that God has made to Abraham. Well, this secret that Paul reveals should not have been a complete mystery to Paul's contemporaries. I mean, the Lord's covenant promises to Abraham included this universal dimension. God said to Abraham 2,000 years before ever Christ came, he said, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through your seed, through your descendant. 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, the prophet Isaiah foretold, as we heard in the Old Testament lesson for this morning, nations will come to your light. Yes, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn and from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And then if you go back just a couple weeks ago to Christmas Eve, what did we hear the angels declare to the shepherds out in the fields? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all people on whom his favor rests. Certainly the Magi were aware of this secret in as much as they traveled 
a couple thousand miles at least to come to Bethlehem to worship the king of the Jews, who they also recognized to be their king. In fact, they came saying, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. As I mentioned at the beginning, Epiphany is known as, or the day of Epiphany is known as the Christmas of the Gentiles. Because it was the Gentiles, the wise men who came to worship this toddler named Jesus, who had come not only to save the Jews from their sins, but who had come to save them as well from their sins. You've heard these words before, but St. John explains why it was that he wrote his gospel. And really, as he explains why he wrote his gospel, he really explains why all of the scriptures were written. He says, these things have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So what is really a secret really isn't all that secret, is it? As you look into the Old Testament and you look at the New Testament, you see that, no, the Savior of the world is for all the peoples of this world, of all the nations. But without the eyes of faith, the secret remains hidden. Remember Nicodemus, who came to Jesus under the cover of darkness? I mean, here was a man of great learning, steeped in the Old Testament and in the Talmudic law. He was a teacher, renowned in Israel, and yet he did not understand the conversation that he was having with Jesus. And Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you're never going to understand what I'm saying unless you are born again. And that is true for us as well, isn't it? We need to be born again if we expect to have this secret revealed to us. And by the grace of God, yes, by the grace of God, his undeserved favor, this secret has been revealed to you and me by the Lord when we were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit took the blinders off of our eyes so that we now believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior, the one who has come to rescue us from our sins. And all of these truths that the scriptures reveal about Jesus that didn't make sense prior to our conversion now make sense. Like a virgin birth? Why? Why a virgin giving birth? Is that even possible? And this virgin, she gives birth to a son, God's son, Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, how does that make any sense? And then angels announcing to shepherds, lowly shepherds out in the field, that the Savior of the world, that God has come into the flesh. I mean, how ridiculous is that? And then we hear about a visitation of wise men. We hear of Jesus having to flee to Egypt. We hear then of all of a sudden of his baptism. Like, why is this Son of God being, why is the Son of God being baptized if he's the Son of God? And why does he do these miracles? And why does he speak in parables and in ways that are confusing to people so they don't always understand? And why was it that the Son of God, the Savior, have to, why did he have to die on a cross? And why did he even have to die? And what is this whole talk about atonement? And do you really believe a resurrection from the dead, that he rose from the dead? And because he rose from the dead, everybody that believes in him is going to rise from the dead to life everlasting with the Lord? And then his ascension, and then this whole Pentecost thing where people are speaking in all kinds of strange languages, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. I mean, all of these truths, they're like, Fables, aren't they? 
Myths. Made up stories. They don't make sense. That is to people who are like Nicodemus. Whose eyes have not yet been opened by the Holy Spirit to see the truths. But for us, those things that I just rhymed off, they mean everything to us, don't they? And they, like pieces of the puzzle, they're all put together as the Holy Spirit makes clear to us why it was that it was so important for Jesus to be born of a virgin and that he was the Son of God, our Lord Emmanuel, and why it was that he was baptized and why it was that he was ultimately crucified on a cross and then raised from the dead to life everlasting and how it is that he rules and reigns over all the heavens and the earth. And we, we find comfort in that. We find forgiveness in that. We, we have our whole life governed by that, don't we? It's like there's this beautiful mosaic that we behold, a mosaic that reveals to us the love that God our Father has for us in Christ Jesus. See, the mystery of God's love for us, yes, even us Gentiles, has been revealed to us in sacred scripture. And this secret is not only revealed to us in sacred scripture, but this secret is also made known through the church through people like St. Paul and through people like you and me. Several years ago, Mercedes-Benz had a TV commercial where they showed one of their cars colliding into a wall at full force. It was during a safety test. And then someone asked the company spokesman why they didn't enforce the patent on the Mercedes-Benz energy-absorbing car body a design evidently copied by their competitors because of its success. And the company spokesman replied matter-of-factly, because some things in life are too important not to share. See, some things in life are too important not to share. St. Paul was one who understood that the secret revealed to him by God was too important not to share. He was called by the Lord to be an apostle to the Gentiles. He was like the star. He was a star that rose up in Jerusalem. And then that star traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch, to Crete, to Pisidian Antioch, to Iconium, to Lystra, to Derbe, to Ephesus, to Philippi, to Thessalonica, to Derbe, to well, Athens, Corinth, Italy, and some even say all the way to Spain. He was the star that was revealing who Jesus is. He was revealing the secret. Just as the star revealed the secret to the wise men and led them to Bethlehem, so G Paul was that star leading people everywhere he went to Jesus Christ, and he was announcing to them that, he, that Jesus is the Savior for as he says in our text, Paul was sent to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. Paul, everywhere he went, made, he, he, made it, he made it known that Jesus is the Savior of not just the Jew, but of the Gentile that Jesus Christ died for all and that all who believe in him have forgiveness 
in the promise of everlasting life. And as Paul went about this task, there was one thing that he asked of the Ephesian Christians. He said, pray for me. This is in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the secret of the gospel. Would you agree with me that most people, even right here in Grand Rapids, are clueless when it comes to the secret that has been revealed in sacred scripture? I mean, God calls out to the people in Grand Rapids, and he calls out to people all around the world. He says, come here. Come here. I have a secret to tell you. And you see, you and I are the stars rising in the east. We arise wherever it is that the Lord sends us, and we're the star that can lead people to Jesus so that they might behold him as their king, so that they too might bow down and worship him. As someone said, a saint is someone through whom God's light shines. We are those saints through whom God's light, his love, shines. And what do we pray for? We say, pray for me. Pray for you. Pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, Words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the secret of the gospel. Yes, this secret, when revealed, it brings freedom and it brings confidence to those who believe in Christ. In our text, verse 12, we read, In Christ we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. Think of it, we have access to the God who created the heavens and the earth. We have access to our Savior who suffered and died on the cross for us, overcoming our sin and the devil and death itself. We have access to the Holy Spirit who, can, who has not only brought us to faith, but who renews and regenerates us day by day through His Holy Word. We have access and as we have access to God, this God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we have access to Him, He assures us of His love and of His forgiveness and of His presence in our life. And He gives to us strength and peace and joy and all the other blessings of the, of the Spirit. And so we have access to God, it says, even with confidence we need not be afraid to approach God's throne of grace, not at all. In fact, we can approach his throne of grace with confidence. Why? Because God loves and forgives us. Why? Because God invites us to come to his, come, come to his throne with confidence. He says, come to me. Don't shirk back. Don't, don't be afraid of me. No. Come to me. Come here. I have a secret to tell you. And then he whispers in our ears, I love you. I forgive you. I'm walking with you. 
every day of your life. That's what we need to hear, isn't it? Day by day. And that's what everybody needs to hear. So that they too can approach his throne of grace with confidence as his children. Dr. James Simpson discovered the use of chloroform in 1847 by which patients could now be spared the pain of surgery. Today I think we'd be terrified, I know I'd be terrified if, if I had to go under the surgeon's knife and I was still conscious. I wouldn't want that and I'm sure you wouldn't want that either. I think that we would agree that Dr. Simpson's discovery was quite significant, wouldn't you agree? Well, some years later after the discovery, Simpson was lecturing at the University of Edinburgh when a student asked him, what do you consider to be most, the most valuable discovery of your life? Well, most students, of course, expected Simpson to respond by saying, well, the discovery of chloroform. But no, that was not Simpson's most important discovery. They were surprised when he replied, my most valuable discovery was when I discovered that I was a sinner and that Jesus Christ was my Savior. Would you say that's your most important discovery in life? To discover that you're a sinner, but Jesus is your Savior. I would hope and pray that that is your most important discovery. For there's no better thing for us to know in life, is there? than to know that Jesus is our Savior and Lord. Come here. I have a secret to tell you. You know, for me and my children, that was, that's a game. But God has revealed to us a secret that is not a game. It's a matter of death, and it's a matter of life. So friends, be bold, be courageous, Go out into the world in which you live and say, come on here. I have a secret to tell you. And then whisper into their ears, you know what? God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he loves you. You know that baby that we just worshiped and adored and celebrated his birth just a couple weeks ago? That baby Jesus, he is your savior. And he came into this world to suffer and die for you because he loves you so much he wants to spend eternity with you. And you know that child that was worshipped by the wise men? He's your Lord too. And the man, Jesus, who was baptized in the Jordan River, the Son of God, well, he set you free from the curse of sin. Yes, go out and tell someone, I have a secret to tell you. And then reveal to them this marvelous truth that's found in God's word. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.